1: Welcome to the 360 Recruiting Podcast, a podcast for OU Recruitniks, presented by Sooners360.com. Each and every week, we catch you up on the latest in OU recruiting, including offers, evaluations, schedules, opinions, and more. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Thank you for joining us for this week's episode, episode number 21 of the 360 Recruiting Podcast presented by Sooners 360. I'm your host, Matt, joined as usual by my co-host, Chris Mason, lead recruiting analyst at Sooners 360, and Caleb Cummings, aka Mr. 55, the 360 film guru. Before we get into the show, just a quick reminder, subscribe to the 360 Recruiting Podcast, on your favorite platform of choice. We are on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, etc. And thank you again for joining us for episode 21. We are calling this one a big verbal for 2025, still waiting on 2024. We had some recent big news. We had a commitment, not from 2024, surprisingly. 2025 Quarterback Kevin Sperry beat everybody in 2024 to the punch. Chris, how did this break down? Well,
2: I think Sperry was, as you could tell on you, well, when he first got the offer, and we talked about it last week, about how his family was overjoyed about it, and that he seemed like maybe he wasn't going to wait that long. And I really think when he he went down to an Under Armour camp in Texas uh, over the weekend, and I think he talked to a bunch of recruiting reporters there. And I think he was basically kind of given away that, you know, he was going to be a Sooner and he was going to verbal to OU the next time he was there. So I think he kind of I think he probably felt like talking to all of those reporters that he sort of made his mind up. And I think he was actually starting to give away some um, uh, starting to give away some interviews where he was talking about talking about talking about a Sooner commitment that they were going to embargo until he got around to doing it. So I think that, you know, the, the cat was out of the bag. It was, it was, it was obvious that he was gonna jump on this Sooner commitment, uh, jump on this Sooner offer way before um the Alabama quarterback was had any any thoughts of getting to Norman. So I think it was sort of like, well, you know, I've already, you know, we kind of gave it away on social media when I got the offer. I kind of told all these reporters how much I love OU and that, I, you know, and uh, yeah, I'll do interviews with you guys as soon as I'm ready to make a decision. So it's kind of funny because he dropped it, at, I think, like 1130 central time. Uh, and I was I was just doing one last sweep of uh, Twitter before I went to bed. I was like, holy crap, we actually have a verbal commitment. Uh, so I was actually able to get it onto the board, the 360 board. Uh, and get it up uh, as soon as fairly quickly, about 10, 15 minutes after it happened. But you know, I, I just think he just, he just figured, you know, this is this is where I want to be. This is the school I want to go to. This is the coach I want to I want to be with. This is the program that's the cultural and the and the athletic fit for me. Why why wait? And um, and I think pulling that offer means that you know he now is a is a recruiting force for twenty five. Uh, as early as I think OU's had a commitment from a from a quarterback for the for the future class. Caleb, what what does
1: this commit bring to Oklahoma? What what's his fit in this Jeff Levy offense? What's his fit at OU?
3: Oh boy, so
1: I think the fit
3: is really ideal for what Levy wants to do with his offense. Uh, you know, so someone asked on the board, hey, give a comp for what who you think this guy looks like when we were doing just kind of analysis of, you know, some of the physical traits. The guy to me when I watched him play that jumped out immediately uh, and maybe some bias there because we've seen him in Jeff Levy's offense, but it really was Matt Corral. Uh, I think they're they're similar in a lot of ways. Uh Both have a bit of a gunslinger to them. And, and I mean that more in that when you watch Sperry, he's got a really good ability to, you know, he's able to slip away from pressure, throw, uh, and he's able to, you know, change his arm angle and how he delivers it. You know, some of that stuff's probably born out of necessity because the team he plays on is not really good. Uh, it's a very young high school, and they're playing against good competition. Uh, you know, but he's got that uh, that same again like very he's a very aggressive competitor on the field you see that uh, he's a really good runner uh, that's one of the things that sticks out to me when I watched him play or watch this tape he, he runs with a certain there's some type of a there's an urgency a reckless abandoned and I don't want to call it reckless abandoned because that makes it sound like he's trying to get injured but there's an urgency uh, and, and high level intensity to when he runs runs the ball, you may have to cut down on that a little bit as the guys get you know a little bit bigger in uh, at the college level. But he's also a thick kid. And I think that's probably one of the areas he is different from Corral in terms of that comp. Is you know Matt was a little bit more uh, slight uh, in some areas. Right, kind of would you see him saw him dinged up quite a bit uh, with Ole Miss with all the running he had to do. It's a very young kid, real thick, really strong. Uh, The thing that's really interesting to me uh, is, honestly, uh, it's so early, is what is he going to be in two years when he's, you know, coming out as a senior. He's 6'1", 195 pounds, really well-built athletic kid with a really big arm. Like, he can make every throw. He can drive the ball. He can layer it in. He throws with good touch. Uh, I'm really interested to see. You know, is he a kid that's matured early, or coming out of his senior year? Is he six two and a half, two hundred and fifteen pounds? You know, is he a different type of? Is he just only beginning? Right? I don't even. I don't even know if he's driving yet. Uh, which to. You know, Chris's point makes it unique <laughs> for him being committed so early. Uh, a shout out to Ned, though. Ned Ryerson on the board, right? Because I've kind of the same way. It was like, hey, help me understand. This just feels unique. And it felt the same way to me. Like, hey, this seems early. Is it? So you start digging and you see, okay, well, I, I think Rattler was committed. Same point in time. Had an offer. The same point in time, if not earlier. Uh, Brock Vandegrift was committed uh, really you know, just almost the same point in time, he received an offer, Vandergriff, right in the January of his sophomore year, committed between and even uh, even
2: years. even Chris Roberson not to bring not to bring the not to bring his name into our into the not to curse our chat by mentioning his name oh, yeah. uh, in this in in a quarterback conversation.
3: Yeah, no, that's another good one, right? I, I think. Yeah, and then Caleb Williams is the same. I looked at it. Caleb Williams actually had an offer from Alabama prior to playing his sophomore year. Uh, but then following his sophomore year, that January, you start to see, I don't think Oklahoma offered because they were going to chase Van de Griff. Uh, you know, sometimes you're better off lucky than good there, I would say. Uh, and, you know, but Georgia offered Caleb Williams following his sophomore year. So the timeline matches up. I think what makes this unique and Chris hits a nail on the head what makes it unique is is Sperry and how he's wired upstairs, you know. In the day and age where all the kids really want to kind of build a brand and they want to be putting on social media all the time, like, hey, here's where I'm going to go visit. They want to post pictures of themselves in the uniforms. They want to tweet at the fan bases and say, hey, show me love. You know, they want to make uh, I don't want to call it a spectacle, right?
2: Out of uh, well, they build the up team. they build up the drama a little bit, right? Like a as I was say, there's. Yeah, and yeah, a five star quarterback will be like, I'm down to my final three. Exactly. I'm committing on this day. That's what we're that's what we're used to. We're not used I think to That's a kid why it just, just
3: feels different.
2: Yeah. yeah, we're not used to the kid just saying, Oh yeah, I'm gonna owe you. Good night. You yeah. know, so you just caught everybody uh, um, you caught everybody flat footed. And I was just like, I was only lucky I checked, um, I checked, you know, nearly one AM Eastern. Well, we got a commitment. What the hell? Yeah. So no.
3: There's usually a lot of theatrics. There's a lot of theater yeah, no. that goes into the top five quarterbacks, and they kind of drive that, right? And so let's put it this way: there's usually quite a bit of foreplay before the payoff. And with this one, you know, this kid just knows what he wants to do. Doesn't want to doesn't want to goof around. Uh, is locked in, and, and I think you know, Chris, he touched on it. Uh, I think the cultural fit. Uh, with who he is as a person, how he was raised, who his mom and dad are, it was just a no-brainer. It was like that's where I'm going. I know that's where I'm going. I, I you know uh, don't
2: need to look around. So two things because I you know Ned was did a great job on our message. We had a nice discussion. So I, I'm per, you know I'm in the penalty box for questioning um, Levy on quarterbacks because I not not on our website because we didn't have it yet, but quite loudly on some other websites I was like, we need to pull in Jaden Rashida, this Arnold. Verbal's too early. We need, we need Jaden Rashida to come in, man. Did, I, I don't, I don't see it with this Arnold kid. So I'm currently in the penalty box. Uh, I got, I think, I think it a year before I can question a Levy uh, QB offer after, after, after he made those comments. But I had a discussion with a sooner, sooner friend of mine, and he would only watched his sophomore film, and he was like, "I'm, I'm just kind of not seeing it." I'm like, "Well, I think you, you got to factor in how much pressure he's in." I said. I know it's JV film, but go watch his JV film where he's actually able to drop back, read coverage and deliver the ball. And he's doing and it's obviously JV. So, you know, I I understand um, the level of competition, you know, is is different, but it gives a better view of sort of like, okay, this kid really has got a great arm. And in the flow of a in the structure of an offense, he's just flinging the ball all over the place. So I think it's it's instructive from that. I mean, filter away all the competition stuff, but just watch him actually being able to drop back, set his feet, scan the field, and deliver. Because his sophomore film is just – he's – I mean, I, again, I'd hate to see his lowlights from, <laughs> from, from his sophomore year. It's probably just him getting sacked. It, it's it is. It's getting like getting tackles sacked. for loss, sack, sack, sack. Because, I mean, the poor guy is just – I mean, it's a little bit like Caleb Williams' film versus Vandergriff's film. That's their sophomore year films, because Vandergriff' his sophomore year film was just awesome, right? I was like, yeah. this guy looks incredible. Put him in, put him in our offense, and it's national championships. Just don't worry about it. And I looked at Caleb Williams because he did have an offer, and I'm like, well, I can't tell anything because obviously he slept with all of his offensive linemen's uh, girlfriends because they hate him because he's literally just like avoiding nine guys. Like somehow there's nine guys rushing him and he's just flinging the ball around. And, and, the, and you can't tell a damn thing from how he's running an offense. Right. Cause he's, he's constantly, the play breaks down. And he's just making, you know, he's just making crap happen. Um, So it's a little bit, it's a little bit like that, you know, from my perspective is that, you know, that, that Sperry's he's, you know, there he's making some unreal plays. There's one where he kind of stops and has a has a weird motion, but he throws it at least forty yards downfield and just drops it in the bucket of a receiver. I think it's the best play, and it's it's the best actual play in his highlights. But yeah, it's
3: no, he's got a big arm.
2: I, I was you not know, a big arm, but it's. I, I think to it's, say I don't that. think it's too. I don't think it's too early. I don't think it's too early because he's got he's got a bunch of offers. I think this was the right time, and. Obviously, you know, Levy's comfortable with him being the quarterback because he knew that this kid would just leap on the offer. That had to be pretty clear. Yeah, yeah.
3: No, I, I mean, I think uh, to your point, he's got every physical tool plus what looks like all those intangibles, right, being just a humble kid, makes good decisions, uh, an elite competitor. Uh, he's got an edge to him in how he competes, all of those things. I, it, it really made me kind of go back and say, okay, I kind of always remember the Bill Parcells rules of drafting a quarterback, right? Where he was like, Hey, <laughs> you've got to be a three-year starter. I think you've got, he wanted to be a, either a red shirt junior or a senior wanted to have a degree had started like 30 games, won like 65 or 75% of them uh, two to one touchdown to interception. And he wanted greater than 60% of, you know, your passes completed. Right. And I, I've, I've, I've always kind of felt that same way and, and, cause you know, I really respect Parcells, but, and I just think uh, by and large, you, you can glean a lot about how people, you know, that are good decision makers kind of make good decisions in most areas of their life. And they'll do it on the football field as well. Uh, but having said that, like, there is a lot of truth to like the reality that I kind of took a step back and I said, okay, has the game changed some, because I, everybody in the, everybody looked at Patrick Mahomes coming out of Texas tech. And if you take Parcells, you know, uh, seven rules, and you layer them over them. I I, I would assume Mahomes completed greater than 60% of his passes because air raid, a lot of short game, everybody completes that much, right? But I I would bet, I guarantee he didn't hit any of the other ones. Uh, You know, and so it's one of those things like, okay, you know, but he's got every ability in the world, and you know, to your point, Chris, like you put that guy on the right team, he's going to carry it. You know, if you put, um, you know, <laughs> if you put Sperry on playing the same competition that Arch Manning played and put him at Newman, right? <laughs> like, what might that look like comparative to, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and so there is there is definitely some of that where I think you got to look at it and say, okay, yeah, I get it. The team was three and seven, uh, but, it, it, you know, the team was 0 and 10 without him.
2: Yeah. And I think the good thing is now he's verbally committed. We'll get to see him at OU summer camps, right? He'll probably be there throwing the ball and, you know, OU now has a quarterback that from Texas that can recruit, you know, all the athletes that OU wants for 2025 from that region. He's going to be at every camp event with them. He's going to be at all the, all the, you know, all the old star camps and, you know, he'll do elite 11. And I, I, I think we'll get a better view of him from his junior film, I would guess. Um, hopefully his team's improved. But yeah, it's I, I can understand why there's some questions about it. Cause it, you know, because if you look back at some of the other films, like you look back at Rattler's film and and Vandegris' film, um, and even to a degree, Chris Roberson's film. I mean, those guys were just throwing the ball all over the place and they look great. Um, but you know, at this this ability to deal with pressure um, is, you know, I, th- I think it's a, it's an underrated quality, right? Cause that's the thing. That's yeah. the thing that, that's the thing that broke Rattler, right? He was, you know, seven on, you know, seven on seven super champion. And as long as he could sit in the pocket, he was great, but any kind of pressure, and he was like, ah. So yeah.
3: no, I mean, that's a really good point, right? Like I wouldn't want to make this comparison, even though they probably are somewhat similar in size in terms of, you know at the same point in time but you bring up caleb williams and that was the thing right you watched his high school film it's like gosh this guy's running for his life and he's making some great throws but he's running the ball a lot uh, and, and, sure and what it's what all to... out of and it's all off
2: it's all off schedule right like yeah, all of it. It, yeah it's like is he running can he run on offense you know, yes, and
3: if you remember right, it was – Caleb Williams is not a five-star until going into his senior year when he did the 11 on 11 sorry, the 11 yeah. – the Elite 11 circuit, and that's where he blew up. People saw him personal workouts, and in like the they do a pro day for the guys at the Elite 11, a pro day type yeah. workout where they go through a full a workup, and everybody saw him and said, okay, hey, yeah, he is one of the top two guys here, or maybe the top guy here. He can do this stuff that we're not seeing. And so I think – to that point, though, like it's just reality of, you know, when you are in the fire, you become comfortable in the fire, and that is actually what I would argue helps make Caleb Williams the special guy he is. Is there is a level a level of comfort? Uh, he does okay. not panic. Comfortable in comfortable in the chaos, the pressure and the chaos. Yeah, he's totally. Yeah, exactly. Bullets are flying, chaos everywhere, rushers coming from everywhere, and he's really comfortable because he knows here, you know here's what I can do. Here's what I can't do. Uh, he's, he's aware of that because
2: he's, he's, he's done it. So head on a head on a swivel. Always, you know, is there some guy open? Is anybody open? (laughs) Okay. I'm going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to take off, (laughs) but he's waiting. He's waiting a long time before taking off sometimes in the highlights. Like, is anyone open? Is anyone open? Screw it. I'm going for 10 yards. I mean, it's, it's, um, so you gotta you gotta give the and again like if you watch his JV film, I mean the kid could run an offense. He just looks beautiful throwing the football. I'm like wow, and that's as him as a high that's him as a high school freshman. So um, and he dominates that competition. He took he led their JV team, which is you know their old freshman probably he led that team to uh, like an eight and one record and he threw for twenty five hundred yards. 29 TDs and four interceptions. So, when things were a little more even, roster wise, he dominated as a freshman.
1: And you guys brought up Caleb Williams a few times in this discussion. I I watched his film again before we uh, got together to record tonight. The, the running style completely different. Not not anywhere close. But there's there was something about Sperry's arm. That made me think Caleb Williams, honestly. And maybe it was one, one of you two mentioned it a little bit ago. Just that ability to change his arm angle so fluidly. He has like a little bit of that um point guard in him that I think Caleb Williams has, where he changes his arm angle to you know find these tight windows that another quarterback would not have even attempted. So I think maybe not quite the arm strength that Williams has, although Sperry, like you said, might not even be driving yet. Um, but I think a little bit of that kind of gamesmen show up and, and kind of do some of the ad lib things. And, and maybe this is a product of uh, Patrick Mahomes coming to NFL and kind of changing the way some of these guys come up through middle school, emulating that. But, I saw a little bit of Caleb Williams's arm on Sperry, honestly.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, you're looking at the the different quarterbacks and I, and again, it's his sophomore films very much reminds me of, of Caleb's in terms of, you know, he's doing everything off schedule. He's, he's running for his life. He's just making stuff happen. And, and he has very little help at wide receiver and um uh, and and his O line is you know those those guys are obviously fighting as best as they can, but they're just completely overmatched in that district this last year. So, and
1: to that point, like if you watch the first, I think it's like five or six throws of his highlight, he kind of gets right to it. He shows you, um, you know, the the deep ball accuracy where he just kind of lofts the ball up. He shows you his sidearm while he's moving to his right, throwing to his left, which you should never do, but a sophomore's doing that kind of <laughs> ad-lib. Um, I don't know. I just, I saw a little bit of of that kind of um, yeah, ad-lib I mean, it's, it's, in him.
2: Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely something I think one, you know, when you get him into a camp setting and he's working with Levy, I think you're going to see like, you know, and, and footage of that hopefully gets out. We're going to see a quarterback. We're like, wow, look at that guy. He's really... He's really humming the ball. I mean, when he's when he's allowed to, you know, when he's allowed to set, man, he's he he really knows what to do with the football. It's gonna be it's gonna be very very different, I think. It's and the but this ability to manage chaos and that's sort of in the head, right? The the processing speed he has that mental processing speed because otherwise, in those highlights, he'd be dead. I mean, it would be a it would be like these are highlights. He gets sacked every play. What are you talking about highlights? That without that mental like that, you know, you know, let's just say Caleb Williams has like, you know, a you know, uh has like the 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 best Intel processor. Well, Kevin Sperry's got a processor like that too, right? Yeah. And and it's the uh, it's like the Mahomes class Intel processor. <laughs> and and Sperry seems to have that. Does he have everything else? I don't know, but there's more than enough, I think, to 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 justify Lebby's Lebby's offer here. And again, I'm not questioning him. I'm still in the in the penalty box for that, the Jason Rashada penalty box.
3: No, I, yeah, I mean, to close it, I, I like the offer. I, I don't think it was early. I think it was right on time. Uh, again, I, I think it would, uh, the surprise of it all is, is probably just in, in how the kid handles his recruitment and just handles himself in general. And then, you know, him, him pulling the trigger at that early, that quick knowing that that's what he wanted to do, you know, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, so I, I would say, like, you talk a little bit about the similarities to to uh, to Caleb. I, I do see some of that, like, with their both of their ability to – there's something about kind of being twitched up in the hips, right? You see how Caleb is able to kind of always get his – not always, but oftentimes able to get his hips positioned uh, where he has, you know, at least he's getting some power from that, and it's not just all arm – uh, but then to your point, Matt, as well about uh, some of the arm angles. I'm a, and there could be like ex quarterbacks that would listen to this. And there's one from my hometown that you know coached uh, really high level, and he I'll have to ask him. He might rip me apart and tell me I'm dumb. Uh, I've always been a big believer though that a lot of your 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 accuracy, right, as it relates ability to ability to pinpoint that ball, it comes from your wrist. Right, and, and it comes from uh, Rick's flexibility, Rick's dexterity, like not being a stiff guy. If you think of like a good example, like Brady Quinn was, he's, you know, looks like an Adonis, but he's very somewhat kind of rigid, uh, like through the joints and it doesn't have the ability to just really snap things off with, uh, with his, you know, from the elbow and wrist and just kind of uh, uh, you know, control where the ball needs to go. I think that's one of those little things where you see another similarity between, you know, how, uh, how Caleb delivers a ball. I have a lot of guys to do to, your, to your point, right? It's I think some of that's probably just the Mahomes thing. Uh, everyone sees him doing it and uh, that's what they come up as it's normal to play like that.
1: Well, that won't end the quarterback discussion for today. Um, You know, Sperry, he takes that 2025 spot, which means the 2024 spot still open. Uh, Chris, we've we've gone back and forth talking about Michael Hawkins pretty much uh, every episode of this podcast at this point. Um, He recently announced that he is announcing his commitment on April 8th, um, but it's possible he might be coming up later this month with his brother. Uh, Chris, what's what's the latest on Michael Hawkins?
2: Well the first piece of news is that obviously OU offered his brother Malik Hawkins and he's a 2025 cornerback and he's coming for the big weekend which we'll talk about in a little bit um, and usually when every time Michael's come up Malik's followed him so I'm, I'm guessing that will be true again so he'll be back on campus on the 25th. Uh, uh, Michael specifically the, the big news for him is he was at this Under Armour camp that Sperry was at that a lot of OU targets were at it was a it was just littered with OU targets both 24 and 25 and Michael came away with the the QB accuracy award at that camp and based upon multiple folks that have seen him uh, have seen him before and saw him at that camp felt like that Michael was Michael threw the ball the best he'd ever thrown the ball in terms of his in terms of his accuracy, um, his re- re- the, the repetitive motion he was using, in terms of being able to throw the ball. So really at this point, you know, we're waiting on April 8th. I think it's going to be OU. I think his brother might fall the same day. Um, So I think that's kind of, I think that's getting closer to being wrapped up. Uh, But I think the really interesting thing is to me, I think Michael looks bigger than his junior year. He looks, he looks to be about almost 6'3". He looks like he's put on about 10, 15 pounds. And he's gone to every camp and won some kind of trophy at every camp he could go to. He's gone to seven-on-seven seven tournaments, leading his team to championships. So, you know, Michael had a struggle junior year at, at Allen. A lot of reasons put into that. Um, I know we all saw the game where Jackson Arnold kind of blew out Allen, and and and, and Michael, did, you know, Michael didn't really have a chance to respond very much. So it looks like Mike's have, Michael is, is having a very good off-season so far. Elite 11 coming up. See if he can qualify for Elite 11. And I'm just wondering whether this is maybe the start of Michael Hawkins having a really good seven months and really improving and maybe reestablishing himself as maybe a top 100 uh, quarterback in the rankings. Um Caleb, what do you what do you think about maybe that as a as a potential theory? I just I just see him working very, very hard, which I, I think all credit to Michael. He's doing everything he needs to do. And I, I just kind of think maybe a environment reset, we might see more of the guy we saw in the sophomore film who looked who looked deadly at times.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a distinct possibility. Um, to your point everything that the guy's doing all the work that he's putting in uh man that's just like again like i take it back to a little bit to like it's the intangibles to some regards with that as well right it's a level of maturity of knowing here are areas i need to get better in here's areas i'm deficient in i'm going to go work on this extremely diligently i'm going to put a plan together around getting better i'm going to follow that plan and, and you know i'm going to reap the, the the benefits of it as opposed to, you know, Hey, I'm going to go build a social media brand and, and get all these schools to love me. And, 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 you know, and just, I'm a big time recruit. So, you know, I'm a somewhat celebrity these days and, and riding out on that. I think it shows ton of maturity and I, I agree completely with, with you. Like when you start to look at him as a player and as a prospect and, and you kind of go down that box of, okay, you know, what, You know, what makes him special? What does he need to work on? I mean, to your point, like, well, the size has just gotten better. Like, he looks bigger, uh, looks more athletic, uh, which is crazy to say because he was already, you know, an elite runner. Uh, But just, you know, adding that size, you know, be able to hold up more uh, as well, uh, do some different things as opposed to just perimeter run game in the quarterback run game, right? You can use him some other ways and then going out and work on his accuracy that way, you know, and not to make this like the, the Caleb Williams show, but there's a good uh, example again of a guy that completed like 54% of his balls or something like that as a sophomore, as a junior. uh, Yeah. And then just dug in It was, you know, and again, that's not fair in the sense that he completed that. He was his completion rate was that, you know, Probably he, he obviously he needed to get better, but a lot like Sperry, he was playing against really good competition, and he was it was a dog fight. Right, there were no easy days, and uh, you know, but to, to see to see uh, Hawkins go out there and win uh, that award, and I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think DJ Lagway was at that camp. He uh, was, yeah. There were, and that's again kind of I'm
2: back there weren't this. any dogs
3: out there. It was it um, was a loaded it was a loaded
2: think, camp at every position. Think, it was uh, loaded.
3: Um, Matagas. Yeah. I think Matagas little brother that's committed to Wisconsin.
2: Yep. Mabry,
3: Mabry, 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 you know, so there's, I mean, a dozen or so power five, you know, commits that are going to big 10 sec pack, you know, pack schools, ACC schools at quarterback there and for him to go out there and be, you know, the choice to say, hey, he's the most accurate. That says a lot because you would have probably gone in that saying, hey, he's not the most accurate, but we're going to make up for that with his athleticism. Well, now, <laughs> you know, he's worked on that to the point you're like, okay, now he's 6'3", you know, maybe he's going to be You know, five. maybe, you know, two hundred. maybe above, right, maybe be 210 by the time he graduates or gets, gets to his senior year, and he's extremely accurate, and he's, you know, one of the fastest players on the field. It's, uh, you know, it's all the tools you would want from one of, if not the, you know, top dual threat quarterback in the
2: country. What I like is the fact he's just going to all these events where he could fall down, right? I mean, we always knocked, you know, we maybe, we always knocked Manning, you know, for not exposing himself to criticism, right? And I just like the fact that Hawkins, like, there's an event, I'm going. And then, you know, and I could look bad here or I could, or, I could look bad here, but I don't care because I'm going to go work on my game, right? I'm going to go work oh, yeah. on what I'm doing, you know, and if I stumble and fall, so be it. I got confidence in myself, but, you know, I'm going to go and compete with six other Division I quarterbacks because I'm better than they are, and I've worked on my game, and I'm confident enough to do that. It's Because, I mean, going to all of these events, you know, it, it you know, it could go either way, right? Some kids are like, whoa, man, that guy doesn't look anywhere near as good as I thought he did. Yeah, so. Yeah. I agree and after that, after that junior year that, you know, he could, he could go to, you know, I, you know, where he took some stumbles and hits. I mean, you know, a couple of net, a couple of ranking services dropped him 150 points and they just did. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think it- you know, that's, that's a, that's an ego blow for, you know, you know, for any young teenage kid who's, who's been a star quarterback to, 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 you know, I think that's, that's, you know, you know, I mean, let's just be honest. He's 50, 16, 17 years old you know, he's, you know, it's, it's hard to take those kind of blows when you're that age. Um,
3: So I think, I
2: think it's, it says a lot about him and I'm, I'm, you know, I still think he's got a lot of work and he's raw, but it says a lot about him that I think, you know, I'm, I'm, if he chooses OU, I'm much more, the last two and a half months have made me much more comfortable about OU taking him as the quarterback. No, I I
3: couldn't, couldn't agree more. I think it says uh, like one, your point of like, you know, he's still raw. He is, but it's every day he's less raw. Like every camp he shows up, he's better. You know, you turn around in three or four months, we're going to be saying he's not so raw. You know, he's really refined. He's really good, and so
2: it's like know, he's been drinking Jalen Hurts sports drinkers. You know, Jalen Hurts. You know, brands that kind of like relentlessness into a sports oh, drink. So <laughs> it's, you know, it's, this is driving home the
3: importance of good role models. Like, to your point, I love yeah, that. Right? Yeah.
2: You know, it's so like, like, so let's just say Jalen Hurts like. You want to be like me? Here's my relentless sports drink. You know, I've my relentless essence is in this, and and by you know, Michael Hawkins is like, man, I'm going to start drinking that, man. Yeah, <laughs> and I think He's, it also.
3: Know, I was going to say, I think it shows something about. It's either his emotional intelligence. Uh, it's probably a little bit of everything, right? Uh, and his maturity. To your point, to say, hey, I, I you know, I don't care about uh, my ego. I care about getting better. Right. 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 And, and then there's also a competitive point to where I wonder, like, is he doing this? Is he going to throw himself in the fire because of that? It's like, hey, I want to be the best. In order to be the best, I'm going to compete against the best. Because it would be just as easy to for him to just get a personal quarterback coach and do, you know, like Arch Manning. You know, Work on no drills. Sh- Work yeah, on no, drills. And, and no shot at arch because he had, you know, his his uncles and his and his granddad are, you know, uh great quarterbacks and they can afford the best coaches in the world, right? And, but just take that approach and say, look, I don't care about going to these other things. I'm just going to focus on myself and, uh, you know, like and like the shadow Dorian Yates, right? I'm going to do it in the dark, and then I'll, I'll show up on the stage and I'll show it to you. Uh, no, like I, I think it says a lot about his competitiveness. Because he's
2: got all the offers. I mean, he didn't need to do – He just he's not doing any of this to, like, get offers. He has every offer he'd ever want.
3: I mean, yeah. Has he announced uh, – has he announced that he's a final list or is it just an assumption that it's TCU in
2: Oklahoma? It's He's, he's, he's told a couple of reporters, he's mentioned TCU. And then like out of nowhere, he mentioned Penn state. I'm like, okay, well, that's new. Yeah. Um, you don't want to go, don't go, don't go to the quarterback graveyard at Penn state. Um, you don't <laughs> want to do that son. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, it's, 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 inter- I just, I just feel like if, if we're hopefully the announcement will come around, he'll choose OU. And I just feel, like you know, okay, then he's gonna go to Elite Eleven, and maybe he'll shock some people at Elite Eleven. And all of a sudden, all those ranking services are like, "Wow, we need to move him back up." Like, okay, he's 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 answered that he's answered our questions. He's 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 responded to it. So I think it's I think it's good that um, you know I think it's I think it's interesting. His response to all this I think has been very revealing.
1: Well, you, you guys mentioned Sperry's maturity and how he kind of handled that jumping on the offer because he knew what he wanted. I think you know this this really shows Hawkins's maturity too, where I, I I'm not going to regurgitate everything you guys just said, but he's willing to put in the work and and that's exactly what you want from the quarterback position. So I think Hawkins and then followed up with Sperry, you're talking about two guys who who are working their asses off. They're, they're proving that they deserve that OU offer, and that's exactly who Brent Venables wants to bring in. Jeff Lebby wants to bring in to Norman, kind of set that standard. We talked a little bit about uh, last year's class, Ashton Sanders. He's a guy who, who, was, who was lowly ranked. He was committed to Wisconsin, I believe, at one point, but committed to himself in high school. Uh, I think it was prior to his junior year or during his junior year. To really invest in himself. and I think Hawkins is starting is showing that ability to invest in himself. And you know, I think we'll all be hopefully eating crow in a couple months, um not that we're we're bagging on him, but we know he's got a lot of work to go,, uh, but he is willing to put in that work. And I think it's a great sign.
2: Yeah, and oh, you, you know, one of the nice things that, that this staff is doing is they're not like stopping recruiting like Lincoln Riley and those guys, you know, would like identify three guys and like stop recruiting three other guys at a position. And OU is still focused on uh, Samaj uh, Jones from the Philadelphia area. Now he's confirmed on social media that he's coming to Norman for the March 25th weekend. So it'd be a, a 24 kid in that mix. And, I, and again, we both really like Samaj's film. And and I'd, I'd like to think there's a world where you can get both Hawkins and Jones to kind of restock our, restock our quarterback room. Well,
3: I would, you know, <laughs> to bring Jalen Hurts back up, right? Hurts uh, signed with Alabama in a two-quarterback class. The other kid, his name, I'll forget. Uh, I think it be looked up, right? He was a five-star top. Uh, one of the top quarterbacks, I believe, out of California. Is Blake, Blake?
2: Blake? Blake? Um, the guy went to—he's been to like four different schools, right? Or six? Yeah, I think he
3: married like a professional surfer. Uh, <laughs> he's like living his best life. But yes, that kid, uh, like Blake Barrett, maybe, or Blake Barnett, that's, or something—that's like close. You're—you're—you're very—you're—you're
2: you're, you're right on right on target. I'll look it up we're, real quick. While yeah, you're we're in the
3: ballpark. But, yeah, but like, you know, <laughs> to that
2: point, like he bet on himself. And that was at a time when you
3: know Alabama, Jalen Hurst was the first really dual threat guy they brought. I think because they had Blake Sims, but uh that didn't go well, right? They they had been having
2: success with guys like AJ McCarron. It is Blake uh, Barnett. Barnett. There you go. I knew he, I was was. A, he was uh he was a he was a he was a he was a borderline five-star guy. And uh yeah, I mean he was he was he was everything. He was supposed to be mm-hmm. the guy.
3: Yeah, and, you know, Jalen bet on himself and went in there. And Samaj, is that same. you know, I do know from seeing interviews with him, uh, Hurts is his guy. That's, you know, who he wants to model himself after, who he wants to be like. It's his favorite player, and it's why he wears number two. So, uh, and man, just, again, you know, you go back to, like, uh, the importance or how, you know, the the really good trickle-down impact – you know, an effect that having the right type of uh, guys you look up to, you know, rather than, you know, Jalen Hurts could sit around and and gripe about, you know, not winning MVP or people doubting him as a passer or whatever it might be. Right. There's all of those clips on social media and all those clips on YouTube. Instead, it's like, you know, I don't care. I don't have any impact on that. I can't control it. I'm going to work on what I control. And you see, it's great to see kids like Hawkins and and, uh, Jones, you know, see that. And and uh mirror that because it's gonna help them, you know, it'll help pay off. So it wouldn't it wouldn't be shocking, I suppose, honestly, if Jones came in and and they sat down and Venables and Levy said, Hey, look, we, we need two. Here's why, here's what our quarterback depth looks like, here's what it's gonna look like in, you know, nine months. Uh, you know, you, odds are you guys would come in and and likely be competing for two and three and possibly one, right? Because you're going to let them compete with Jackson Arnold. Uh, And and maybe they, you know, maybe that's enough for kids that are wired like that to get them in in the same class.
1: Well, the future definitely looks bright at quarterback uh, Sperry in the bag, possibly Hawkins in the bag in the next few weeks. And then we'll have to see how, the Maj Jones visit goes to see if, if either of those quarterbacks are are vibing with the two quarterback idea. Uh, But quarterback's not the only position we have, obviously. Um, Defensive line is a, is a big target here for 2024 and a local defensive tackle made his way back to, to Norman. Chris, what's, what's the latest on David stone?
2: Well, David stone's on his spring break from IMG, I believe. So, he went down to LSU, had a quick visit down there, and then he came onto OU's campus on Monday. I, I he made maybe a two-day visit. And on social media, he looks really good in Sooner Anthracite. Uh, he really likes those uh uh those third third team color alternate uniforms, and he looks really good in it. And um OU alum Gerald McCoy has been doing about as much as I think any Sooner alum can do legally to recruit McCoy. So it looked like it was a great visit again. Um, the main opponent that everyone's viewed has been Michigan State. Michigan State over the last three months has lost two key uh, D-line recruiters that uh, had made connections with David Stone. Marco Coleman went back to his, uh, his alma mater, Georgia Tech. And Brandon Jordan uh, went to the Seattle Seahawks. So it looks like maybe Sparty's losing a little a little momentum there. I think he's going to try and go back there, maybe come back to OU and then make some other visits. So basically, nothing's really changed here. This battle is sort of like a Peyton Bowen 2.0 thing. That Some family members want OU, some want somewhere else. Nothing's going to get really decided until he takes his official visits this summer. And hopefully he makes a decision uh, before his senior year starts. Uh, the other big recruiting thing that's kind of really out there is the March 25th weekend that's coming up is looking really, really stout. We'll go in depth in that next week, but OU looks like they're going to be able to bring in some top-end players for, top, for, for 2025, couple of names. Decorian Moore, the wide receiver from Duncanville, uh, Devin Sanchez, the cornerback from Houston North Shore. Those are both like top 10 guys. And then the rest of the the weekend might have a little bit of West Coast feel. There's a number of West Coast players from both 24 and 25 that are scheduled to come in. So we'll go, we'll go in deep, in depth, more names for you guys next week with this. But it's looking like the 25 weekend is 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 not gonna fall, is not gonna take us a back seat to use other big junior days.
1: Well, there's there's a lot more names, obviously. We'll get to that next week. Uh, also check out Sooners360.com. Saptown Sooners putting together a great visit list. Um, it, it might be the best weekend so far of this recruiting cycle, and it's it's for the next class. So very impressive work by the Sooner staff getting these guys in. Uh and on on the note of the Sooner staff recruiting, it seems like there's a there's been a shift in the defensive backfield uh archetype if you want to call it that, of which type of DBs this this staff is going after. we have a few targets that are in that that smaller 510 511 180 range, um, Elite talents like Eli Bowen. Uh, I know the staff likes Mikel Patterson McDonald from right up the road. Uh, but then all the other offers, you know, it looks like we're we're trying to bulk up with some more of that Macari Vickers, Dea McCullough type. Chris, what what's the latest on the the newest 2024 defensive back offers?
2: Well, in, in terms of just trying to get bigger, I I think on March 5th, OU had three guys on campus, and kind of one of the the giveaways on this is Michael Boganowski visited, and I think OU is kind of pitching him more of a safety cheetah position than they are a true linebacker. So, and Boganowski's 6'2", 6'3", about 185, 190 right now. So he's a bigger guy. We talked about Traveris Banks, the big DB from Tuscaloosa last week who visited. Uh, he's, like I said, he's 6'2", 195. He's a much bigger guy. And then Kobe Black visited March 5th, and he's a bigger cornerback. He's 6'1", 180. So already March 5th, you can kind of see a focus On some bigger DBs. Then we got two guys coming up. The first is Vabu Torre, and he just posted this on Twitter. He's from New Jersey. Uh, he's originally from Africa. Uh, he has some brothers who are, I believe, professional have played professional sports, some relatives that have played professional sports. That last name, torre has like a couple other guys that have played professional sports. He's 6'2, 190. He's visiting March 21st and he is a hitter. He's really really good on film. He really shows that physical safety presence, that physical DB presence that, you know, oh got in the last class. And in addition, OU is getting a California kid. I mentioned the California presence. Well, about March 25th, well, Marcellus Williams from St. John Bosco is visiting and he's a bigger cornerback. He's 6'1, 180 and he's coming into town. Um, so, Caleb, have you had a chance to to look at Torre and Williams's film, and have, do you have any opinions there?
3: No, I mean, I would say the thing that probably jumped out the most uh, well with Torre in particular is, to your point, of just the size of some of these guys. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, you mentioned Boganowski's. Six two one ninety five, uh, he's real muscled up. He wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, was cheated a cheetah, linebacker. But they're also interested in safety. And then Toure, he's listed at six one one eighty five. Uh, that seems on the small side, to be honest. He with looks you. bigger, doesn't he? Yeah, he looks he does. bigger, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he looks. I'm on notes right now. It's like he's every bit the listed size, but I, <laughs> it, you know, I, it, he's one of the guys. It's like kind of like Kobe Black. You know, he's listed at. I've seen coming like Black six foot 180. And uh, I'm thinking, I don't know who put him at six foot 180 because he is much bigger than that. He looks probably six one and a half, 190. Uh, just a bigger kid. But no, to your point, uh, he's, he's kind of what he, every one of these DBs, it's like he just kind of follows the trend, right? It's really good football player. He checks every box from a physical standpoint. He's long. You see him play in the box physical guy coming up, willingness to strike the ball carrier. He closes really well, you know, on the short perimeter stuff, stuff on the perimeter. Uh, he'll get after it with folks, you know, but you also see him, you know, really adept at playing, you know, man coverage on the back end, on tight ends, breaking on balls, breaking them up. He's just one of those, he's just a really good football player. I don't know what his ceiling is. You know, you don't know, is he going to turn into a you know 6'2 220 pound guy or you know what what that looks like but like with so many of these guys you watched their film uh and when years passed you were kind of kind of but you were very much projecting out physical traits into a scheme and saying okay well here's what Oklahoma does from a scheme standpoint if this guy you know, he is as fast as he looks and he's got the length and he, sh- maybe he fits and he can do those things. All of these guys, you know, like Williams uh, from St. John Bosco. I mean, you watch this film and you immediately come away. I don't know how good of an athlete he is. I don't know if he runs four or three, but I know Bosco plays some of the best competition in the country and they stick him out there on an Island and let him play, man. They don't worry about it. His technique is fantastic, really high football IQ, you see that in, in some of the concepts they're running and some of like the zone, map zone. He's, he's more than comfortable, you know, jumping underneath routes and, and playing, uh, you know, splitting distance between receivers and just understanding what he's doing and what the offense is trying to do to him. Uh, so they're really good. Uh, again, his technique, you can tell he's really well coached. Uh, it's something that jumps out with all of these guys, you know, uh, I guess there's, there are some exceptions where you look at it and be like, my God, he's a physical freak. Uh, You know, and he's just, you know, like a baby deer, he'll get it figured out. Like PJ had a Bore last class. He looked at me like, Oh my God. Uh, You know, he just knew the physical traits, but you know, even with him though, from an edge perspective, he was, he was wreaking havoc, but all these guys are, guys that check the box physically. And then when you turn the film on, you're not, you're not left projecting, you know, I uh, think hopefully they can do this or maybe they can do that. You you watch it on film and you see good football players.
2: Yeah, no use continued this trend. Some of the other recent offers they've made at DB, they offered Isaiah Thomas uh, from Clearwater, Florida. He's 6'3", 190 He could, he could probably be made he could bulk up to be a linebacker. He's got a big frame. He was supposed to visit March 5th, but I don't think he made it in. But the two most, uh, two of the other most recent offers at DBs um, are Xavier Midsey from Daytona Beach. He's the most recent offer for 24. And OU for 25 just offered Dijon Lee from Mission Viejo, California. And he's a 6'3", 180, uh, 180-pound cornerback for 2025. So uh, length on defense seems to be what they want. Um, Caleb, did Mincy's, you have a chance to watch Mincy's video?
3: Yeah, yeah. No, he's – he's. Uh, I think I, we chatted on this kind of offline. The guy that r- reminded me of a little bit was uh, former recruit, Major Burns. That Yeah. Uh, I think may have –
2: I think what was the story? Secret, secret. Secret verbal to OU, then yeah. LSU, then UGA, then back yeah. to LSU, I think. And he played yeah, back in the
3: Yes, yeah, absolutely. I think he played at UGA on – uh, more than on that national first national title team. Uh, yeah but he trans- was he
2: was playing with LSU last year. He was in their secondary playing. He did. He's just uh, yeah.
3: like a lot of those kids from the boot, they all uh, for odd whatever odd reason, um, maybe they didn't like uh, you hear some things about uh, previous coach. Uh, a lot of the kids from from the Louisiana area transferred back or transferred back home state LSU right uh, after not signing with them previously, and he was one of those that he did. He started at LSU this past year, uh, but you know Mincy, he where he reminds me of that is when you watch Burns, it was just unbelievably unbelievable arm length, and it's kind of the same with Mincy. You watch him, and he's listed as a safety, but you I think I really think they're listing him as a safety because when you you see him. You see a guy that's 6'3, 190, and probably has like an 82 inch wingspan. You're thinking, yeah. ah, he can't actually play corner, he's gonna have to, he's gonna grow into <laughs> something else. Uh, because yeah, he, but when you watch him, he's like, he's got really good body control, he's not, uh, he's not like real loose, gangly everywhere, right? When he turns to run or puts his foot in the ground to come forward, he's not, you know, uh, he's not out of control body parts flying every which way he's fluid in control athletic. Uh, I, I will say one of the things I've wondered about, like with Williams at St. John's Bosco and then Mincy and some of the larger DB offers is I, I I wonder if we're not seeing maybe a propensity that Brent wants to run more zone right and more match zone than what people think or people realize or particularly you know what people got used to under Alex Grinch where it was like we're going to run two covers it's going to be one and zero you know like we're just going to play man and like this is what we're going to do and that's not not Brent and you know you get these bigger defensive backs that can are still athletic can still drive on the ball long arm it it condenses windows uh you know so and then obviously able to to redirect guys and they're able to support and run game and be able to support in a lot of that really short quick passing game uh you know and it's something to keep in mind is you know brent he is an absolute like student of the game, and he's talked a lot about you know every year he's self scouting and he's he's devouring everything he can get his hands on from a tape perspective around other defenses and offenses and what they've done to be successful, and so you know that's one of the questions I had is like does he has he seen how much th- this short game has grown with you know the quick passes screens and things and decided the best way to combat that is you know more zone bigger defensive backs a little bit more positionless make us more multiple and we can uh we can play in space with these guys
2: bigger bigger wingspans and and coverage and more arms in the air to block passes and
3: absolutely those windows tighten right
2: yeah i i thought one other thing is he's he's so physical he's i mean he's a he hit. He 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 hits in the run game, supporting the run game. And there's a play where a quarterback tried to scramble on him, and just he came rutted, and the quarterback was like, "Whoa, I'm not having that big guy hit me." And he just like he took a he took a sliding knee right in front of him. So um, it's it's interesting to see. You know, last week we talked about maybe more bigger DB, bigger defensive ends than you know a super heavyweight nose guard kid. And I think maybe we see another big DB instead of maybe a third linebacker. So it, it's, the, some of the offers are interesting in terms of, you know, just the personnel look and feel. And, you know, and I, I you know, I'd love to have Torre, you know, in that safety group and, and um, you know, and obviously, you know, everybody in the world wants Kobe black at, at, at cornerback. So I think it's, it's interesting that we're seeing a little more bigger size and, because uh, otherwise, you know, there was a time, you know, I was doing an OU prediction and I had OU with like four or five eleven DBs. I was like, okay, uh, is this what we're really going to end up with? And it looks like OU's made some shifts and changes to kind of get some bigger, some bigger personnel into the mix.
1: Okay. We've discussed quarterback. We discussed David Stone a little bit. We've discussed defensive back for 2024 just going to kind of reset this discussion and talk about the class as a whole. It's been a long time. And Chris, I think you've got the stat since OU's waited this long for a first commit of a class. It's March 15th. Is it panic time? Like what's going on here?
2: Well, the last time, generally speaking, OU's had like commits way before now the last 10 years is only one year. They went into the month of March without a verbal commitment. That was just, just one year. And that was March. They got a commitment, March 5th. So the last, this is the latest OU's gone without a verbal commitment in the last 10 years, which I think is about as relevant a time period that we could really use. So, yeah, I mean, I think from a certain perspective, you know, you see teams with, you know, 10 and 13 commitments, you know, Alabama and Georgia and Ohio state all have commitments. And you're wondering, you know, where, where, where's OU fitting all this? When, when are we going to get, when, when are we getting our, when are we getting our guys? And, you know, LSU has 11, for example, uh, Clemson has six. So first off, I would tell you that OU has 13 crystal balls on the two four seven. Uh, forecast page Um, and if I moved all those guys over to being Sooners, OU would have a score of 224 points and would have the best class in the country right now. So momentum's building, don't panic. There are lots of guys that are projected to be Sooners. Now those 13 kids, that there are a couple I think, might not end up at OU. Yeah. That's probably about ten that I would say would are strong, strong favorites to end up at OU. So I think I think OU's fine. So obviously Michael Hawkins can 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 break that, can can break that, break the cherry, so to speak. You know, pop the pop the champagne and let us know we are going to get verbal commitments again in this class. But there's lots of noise around Kadem Durham, the uh, super fast running back from. Duncanville, which we've discussed a lot on this show, discussed running backs a lot last week. Bryant Wesco, who apparently just dominated the big Under Armour camp I've been talking about in this uh, podcast a bunch. Uh, He's now up to a top 30 player on On3.com's internal rankings. We just predicted him on our 360 site to to choose OU. Uh, I think Tovani Mizel. Could be back by the could be back in time for the spring game, maybe, and could pull the trigger, especially if Durham's made the call as well. So I, I think there's some stuff going on where, you know, we, you know, just, you know, to do the Aaron Rodgers relax, relax. Um, you know, it's it's coming and OU's doing a good job building relationships with kids and getting leads with kids. And I think if OU was in the old format where they would take verbal commitments and let guys and well, not let guys, but be fine with guys taking official visits elsewhere. I think oh, you probably would have about seven or eight verbals right now, but the new policy, you know, it, it does. It's, it's, it's kind of worked for it worked for the staff last year. It's hard to really fault it. And I think, you know, as more and more kids are able to take more and more visits and April 1st is the start of official visit season so some kids can take some officials. So maybe you're down to OU and one other school and you're like, okay, I'm going to take a quick official visit in April and then come back to OU for the spring game. So I think, you know, you may see, uh, you may see some some more some more players fall. And speaking of the spring game, I think it's probably time we have a, we, we talk about our contest that we did a couple of weeks ago. So the contest was where you were supposed to, come up with a number of commitments. So you had, uh, by this sp- after the spring game, the Monday after the spring game, and, uh, we were doing prices, right rules. And, uh, I, I just came up with the prize for the winner. And that is that they're going to get a first round pick in our next podcast draft. So first thing, uh, <laughs> Matt and Caleb, Um, do we want to, do we want to make this 24 and 25, or do we want to make it only 24? Well, I think keeping it 2024 is fine with me just because we didn't
1: even know, uh, Sperry was getting the, the OU offer when we did this, I believe. Um, so if we just, if we keep it at 2024, um, I, I don't think I'm moving, but if we add 25, I'd have to look at the list again, but uh, I might still keep it at my original six and add one to seven because now Sperry's obviously in the books. but if we if we do twenty twenty four there's a lot of great momentum, like you just talked about, Chris, but I, I think I'm gonna keep
2: it on the lower end at six Caleb, what do you, what do you want to do? Do you want to just stick with twenty four to keep it simple? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think
3: <laughs> well, you know, and part of that, right? I think uh, I'm not I mean really- we could have.
2: We could have 325. We could have, a, we could have three or four 25 commits by, by the spring game. I think that's entirely possible, actually. It's possible. I mean, it's possible. I, possible, I don't know if it's
3: likely. I think, and I would say, you know, like I have zero concern, like none. Like Oklahoma's in a much better spot, I think, today with the 24 class than they were at the exact same point in time last year for the 23 class. And, it, and it's – they've – They've learned, I think, and grown, or they just had more time to identify more players. But right now, they sit in on in a better position on more guys than they did at this time last year. You know, they had a pretty high hit rate over the course of the summer last year to help them really get to that third or fourth or whatever it was ranked class. Uh, you know, this the ridiculous
2: year, ridiculous hit rate, like just yeah. like wow, like okay. Yeah.
3: And I think, you know, obviously I think a lot of that came down to, well, gosh, you know, they all got hired in January, you know, so they didn't have time to really dig in and ID as the same number of kids that they have right now because they were watching these kids junior year film you know uh while it was while it was going they were going on recruiting visits to look at seniors but they were also scouting juniors so they're just a lot further along i'm not worried about it at all like where they're at because i think that it's a byproduct of their policy of you can't take a visit until you commit or, you know i'm sorry i'm sorry that's wrong you you cannot take a visit after you commit to anywhere else And to your point, Chris, like this, the winter right now, it's everybody's junior day, you know? Uh, So these aren't even official visits for insert any player, right? So Michael Hawkins, if he wanted to go take a, you know, go to the TCU or the Texas or the Texas A&M or whomever's junior day, if he was committed to Oklahoma, he couldn't do that. You know? So I think you'll see all these dominoes start to fall. So having said that a normal person would back down off of my eight and I would come down to four or five. I am not a normal person and uh, I am going to stick to my guns, knowing I'm wrong and stick with eight.
2: All right, Matt, are you, you moving, are you moving off six at all?
1: No, I think I'm, I'm sticking with it. And, you know, kind of for the reasons that Caleb just mentioned, um, I, I think I, I really like Finables policy I think at first it was kind of a, a, a question, you know, how is this going to work? And it it was hard to question him bringing something that, that works so successfully at, at Clemson, but it just seemed like such a new thing that, you know, it's kind of hard to, to predict how this generation coming up and not to get into all that stuff, but the relationships it, it's paramount and, setting something in stone like that where you know if these kids mess up we saw it with uh what was his name last year uh the wide receiver that ended up at Oregon uh Ashton Ozark. Ozark. yeah yeah we saw it with him last year where there was a line in the sand and he crossed it and we kind of said all right well we're we're basically not counting you in this class and we're moving on and it, it works out in the end just fine so I think it was a shock at first when that, when this policy was introduced at OU, but at this point, I think I really like it. I would rather sit here today on March 15th, having zero commits, but having a very good idea of what this class looks like, as opposed to having a flyer on four or five guys at this point, um, you know, I, f- I feel like Riley had, you know, four or five guys by now, and maybe none of them would make it to the end of your class. So yeah. even though there's there's zero out there, I think, um, I think we're just fine. I think we're better than even last year, and last year ended up fourth overall. So I think we're in a, in a really good spot, and I think the policy is definitely working. So I'm, I'm sticking with six. I think Hawkins will will probably get the ball rolling if if somebody else doesn't beat him to the punch. Maybe one of these running backs, uh, but it, it's a domino effect. And these guys, um, a lot of them are from Dallas or uh, you know a regional area. They have friends on the team. Williams uh, Wanery is, you know, he's got a teammate uh, from last year at OU. Now, uh, I just think. Once the momentum starts, it's going to be hard to slow down, just like last July.
2: All right. Well, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna river, I'm gonna do a little change here. I'm gonna go five because I think hour. OU's doing in such great shape that I think some kids are going to pull the trigger. I think we're going to get some May official. I think we're going to get a couple of May official visits and verbals. So I think some kids are just going to push it off just slightly and we're going to see more action in May than we did last year. So I think that's going to come from somewhere. And I think it's uh I think it's going to come from some early traffic in April, but we're going to have some more May commits. We didn't have any commits in May last year, I think. Uh so I think May is going to be a is going to be a busier month than April. So I'm going to go 5 to yeah. to to get the prices right to win on my side. <laughs> you'll
3: win, you'll win, but I, I'm conceding the win because you know why change? Because <laughs> uh, I, I do. I think I I think they could come out of spring game with three commits, right? I think you could see Durham and they, know, maybe West Coast pulls the trigger along with Hawkins. Maybe, maybe have something like that. I, they could be two or three. But you know, to to Matt's point, right? I think what you're going to see in yours. I think what you'll see is them come out of June, July with. 22 commits. You know what I mean? Like that's, and well, that's our, that'll
2: be our next, we'll get, we'll get to the, we'll, you know, we'll I get, think it's, we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to our August, August 1st number a little bit later, but. Well, yeah, I, I just I think, think you're that right. The, that'll be, that'll be a more challenging one. I think.
3: I think this, I think cycles have just changed,
2: you know, with, uh,
3: so all the junior days being packed in the winter. I didn't realize until you said uh, official visits open up April one. And then most kids want to try to have a decision done by the time they start their, their, you know, let's say two a days, whatever, I guess they don't do two days anymore, but by the time they start, you know, fall practice. So really early August, they say August one. So you're going to see, I think the commit window for most kids being, you know, let's say April one to, to August one. Uh, and so I think that's where the majority of the class will, will come together. All
1: right, guys. Great episode as usual. Uh, next week we'll get way more into the march 25th class of 2025 visit weekend um you know maybe we'll have another surprise 2025 commit by then i doubt it but uh sperry jumps in the boat first uh for 2025 and technically 2024 but as we just discussed, no real reason to panic on that. Uh, so for more 2024, 2025 discussion, there's even a thread about 2026 offers that staff is really getting after it. Uh, head on over to Sooners360.com, check out the forum, check out the articles. Chris is putting two or three out every week. Uh, we'll have a Kevin Sperry breakdown posted here in a little bit as well. Um, So head over to Sooners360.com to check it out. And as another reminder, make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to the show on your favorite platform of choice. And we will see everyone around the water cooler.